0: back. It's now with Dave Brown on AMI-tv. I'm Dave Brown. It's Wednesday, September the 20th, 2023. Coming up in the second hour of the show, change in life comes with challenges. How can you better cope with them? Emily Shavers weighs in with her experiences of going back to school. And along with those challenges and changes comes stress. Coincidentally, Anupala has some suggestions on how to deal with stress and manage stress during times of change. A little bit of connective tissue in the second hour of the show, which I find to be delightful. But the hour begins with the regional news update. Starting in British Columbia, the BC Municipalities Convention focused on climate change yesterday. Provincial Emergency Management Minister Bowen Ma says the governments will be updating the Emergency Program Act. Minister Ma knows the act needs to be modernized
1: it hasn't been significantly updated in about three decades it was uh, last updated in 1993 i was eight years old i don't know how old any of the rest of you were but uh, um, it was still quite a long time and so many of those um, risks and hazards that we're experiencing with increasing frequency and intensity at the time were quite rare
0: The province plans to implement the new laws in phases and keep in consultation with cities and towns. Over to the prairies. Manitoba's three-party leaders are about to have a busy few days of debating. Steve Lambert looks ahead.
2: The debate is hosted by the Winnipeg Chamber
0: of Commerce and will focus on issues such as economic growth, tax reform, and skills training. The Chamber has issued a list of its priorities for the next government. Among them are balancing the budget and reducing barriers that foreign workers face in getting their credentials approved. The leaders are set to face each other again Thursday evening in a live televised debate. Election day is October 3rd, and advance polls open Saturday. Steve Lambert, the Canadian Press, Winnipeg. And over to the Atlantic Provinces, New Brunswick's Horizon Health Network is facing four workplace safety charges for potentially exposing employees at a Fredericton hospital to asbestos. WorkSafe NB confirms the changes follow its investigation at the Dr. Everett Chalmers Regional Hospital and applied to a period from November 2017 to October of 2022. The agency alleges the health authority failed to take every reasonable precaution by not identifying the presence of asbestos. That's your look at the regional news. Here comes Brock Richardson for the Sports Chats. the roller coaster that has been the Toronto Blue Jays season continues. They lose four games in a row, they win four games in a row. They're out of a playoff spot. They're into a playoff spot. And last night with a win over the New York Yankees, they continue to take steps in the right direction.
2: Yes, they do. Uh this is a roller coaster ride in which I'm getting very nauseous being on. I'd like to be off of this roller coaster ride and just uh, watch them without being so nauseous, but I have gravel on board. So we're all good. Um, but yeah, it's, it's been, it's been a, a bit of a run for them uh, right now. I, I like what I'm seeing. I need to see it more consistently. I think right now what you're seeing is a team who is finally putting in runners that are on base. I think for the last little while you've seen them kind of leave a lot of runners on base. And right now they're putting runners in, which is very helpful when it comes to, uh, when It comes to baseball, you need to score runs, and this is what we're <laughs> seeing. Cabin Biggio is playing unbelievably uh, defensively when he has the opportunity. He's made a couple of really good catches. These are the kinds of things when you're a guy who's in and out of the lineup and, um, you know, sometimes playing, sometimes not. I, I like what I see from him, I-, I like him as a player. Uh, Schneider, um, Davis Snyder is one of the other call ups from Buffalo, he's also kind of going through a little bit of a slump. People are kind of adjusting to what they see from him. He's just got to learn in the big leagues now. You got to play this game of adjustments and and figuring out what pitchers are going to give you. Lots of good things are happening with the Toronto Blue Jays. And I really need to see, Dave, this is my biggest sort sort of caveat in all this. If we're going to do well in the next 11 games that we have left on the schedule, we need that bullpen to come in as rested as possible to give their best. I think what we've seen lately is them running them out and and you know in situations where they have to be run out but let's let's see those starters go a bit deeper into these games so that we're not taxing them mm. headed into the hopeful playoffs that's my save those off.
0: arms save those arms don't throw unnecessary pitches well brock if you think you've been riding the roller coaster i know a blue jays fan who's probably feeling it even more than you megan gilmore what is your vibe on your beloved toronto blue jays so,
1: uh, Brock, I'm going to let you know some behind the scenes. I texted Dave during the commercial break to say that if they don't make the playoffs, I'm going to hold the two of you partly responsible. <laughs> um, I'm still overall frustrated. So I was going through the standings when I thought they were going to bring you on. And since I don't usually do this, I was like, "Oh, I need to say something that makes it sound like I'm smart. Um, their runs scored <laughs> are like seventh in the american league and then i checked all the teams in both leagues that are in a wild card or a playoff spot right now the jays have scored the least number of runs oh if dear I read oh correctly. dear so yeah like just hit the ball people hit it when people are in scoring position um we need runs there are some Team members who have been known in the past to I don't know win like home run derbies. Um that's great, but no, like you don't win the playoffs based on your home run derby performance. So I would like to see some of that translated into wow. games that actually mean something.
2: Oh, this is amazing. <laughs> this is the best sports report. I uh, you know, like th- this is good. I-, I love that. Your take on body is is hundred percent accurate. I absolutely love it.
0: I good good on you hot take artist Megan Gilmore Megan thank you for bringing the fire that was very good that was excellent Uh, Brock that is the Toronto Blue Jays their series continues with the New York Yankees uh, for the rest of the week here if they can put the death nail into the into the Red Sox and the Yankees in uh, one week though that feels good if you're a Blue Jays fan but Brock forget baseball hockey is a month away and you've got some NHL trivia for me you want to put me to the test you want to see what's rattling around my brain
2: yes I do uh, I have the top six uh, most Stanley Cup winning uh, teams. Uh, the, the the top two are, are pretty obvious, as we discussed on the commercial break. So, Montreal and
0: Toronto. That is so clear. Number one and number two. Do you know how many Stanley Cups
2: for both teams?
0: Uh, I believe Montreal is 24 and is Toronto 13?
2: That's correct. They're 24 and 13. So if we go back up to number 6 who would you take a stab at i will tell or uh, yes i'll tell you that these these teams are tied for number 6 with five stanley cups apiece who would you take a stab at that would be the edmonton oilers and the pittsburgh uh, uh, penguins that is correct and then tied for fourth with uh one more stanley cup than the previous two who would you say are both of those teams? Oh, man. The Boston Bruins and the Chicago Blackhawks. Bingo, you got that one as well. All alone in third place this, with 11 Stanley Cops. Is... This one's easy. The Detroit Red Wings. Yes, it is. So you have that completely correct. Now my question for you. My question for you, Dave, would you say with the Montreal Canadiens leading with 24 Stanley Cups, that that alone makes them a successful, the most successful franchise due to the fact that they won the most Stanley Cups? Or is there another caveat that you'd throw in there To make a franchise the most successful
0: Brock I'm going to take a swipe at both of our teams you're a Leafs fan I'm a Montreal Canadiens fan Uh, both of uh, our our numbers of total Stanley Cup wins are absolute nonsense no (laughs) Stanley Cup when either there were six players on the ice or seven players on the ice that included a rover or in the original six days should count I don't think we should necessarily be counting any Stanley Cups until there were 12 teams in the league because Look, listen to that like listen to that list that you read me five of those top teams are original six teams and yeah. by the way new york rangers like what are you doing what's wrong with you jabronis <laughs> like but like so if, if you just see the idea that that the top stanley cup winning teams are all from the original six era but it's kind of nonsense you know like i don't know if we should be counting stanley cups until like 1967 or 1968
2: whoa 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 1967 that's a that's a hard date for me to handle because then and that would mean we'd only have one but yeah i hear what you're saying i, I do but then the cliche athlete would say and you can only play what's in front of you i, <laughs> yeah. I, I guess but yeah
0: I don't think they knew knew those cliches in 1963. Athletes hadn't learned to speak in cliches yet. They were still working as painters in the offseason. Brock, we're over time. We got to get out of here, man. Have a great day. Thanks for the laugh. You too. (laughs) That's Brock Richardson at the AMI Sports Desk. Coming up after the break, new opportunities and life changes come with challenges. How can you better cope with them? Emily Shavers weighs in on her experience going back to school. This is Now with Dave Brown on AMI-tv. Welcome back. It's now with Dave Brown on AMI-TV. Life changes come with challenges. They also come with rewards, but it's a push and a pull, ebbs and flows. You move to a new city, you've got to make new friends. you got to familiarize yourself with new places. It's not always an easy transition. Emily Shavers returned to Mohawk College this month and is going through that transition. Right now, Emily's the co-founder of True Faces. Good morning, Emily.
3: Good morning.
0: Emily, last time you and I spoke, you were right on the precipice of going back to Mohawk. Now you're there. Generally speaking, how's it going?
3: Generally speaking, it's been a wild ride so far of both challenges and successes, and I'm excited to chat about them today.
0: (laughs) So what about friends? I know that a new place, new city, new school, new program, there's that desire to be like, I'm going to go meet some new people. How's the making friend experience going?
3: I wish I could report that it was going better. Uh, this has been by far one of the biggest challenges since coming back to school. And we've talked about you know me coming back to school and me going to school in the pandemic. And I was so excited to come back and make friends. And I'm a little surprised that we're two weeks in and it still just doesn't seem to be happening yet.
0: Why do you think that is? Because you strike me as a pretty charming person. You're a well, great speaker, you're funny. Why do you think you're having trouble?
3: Well, I mean, it's tough because regardless of going to campus events, I went on a hike last week with some people. I'm just not sure what to do, what to say. I mean, how do you introduce yourself to a whole bunch of new, new faces? And sometimes it can be a little overwhelming how many people are at something like a school event. Um, but then also, like, I'm not sure, is it like a fear of... Potentially approaching somebody who is visibly uh, blind, or what kind of potential stigma other people are holding. Because when you're visually impaired, it's really hard to figure out how to approach other people. You know, uh, who's around you? How do you go up to them? And that's something I've kind of found is like, I'm great when I'm put in place. And if somebody comes up to talk to me, I'm always happy to chat with them. And that's how I've kind of done things in the past. But right now, I, I'm struggling to be able to just like walk up to people or notice are people in a group? Are they sitting down eating? Like when is a good time to approach people? And kind of reading those social cues has proven to be a little bit challenging.
0: Yeah, large groups, networking events. I can tell you from my legally blind perspective, it's really tough. You're not recognizing faces. You're not remembering names. Now what happens over time is you might familiarize yourself with somebody's like general body type or their voice. You get so familiar, but it's really hard when you're first meeting somebody, especially again, yeah, the cafeteria, the library, the networking event. It's loud, it's crowded, it's wild. Like Those are really tough spots to try and meet people. Absolutely. Not to mention, like the actual making of like meaningful relationships, but that's like that's like a whole yeah. that's a whole different kettle kettle of fish. Okay, so Emily, I'm gonna be honest with you here. This topic interested me so much that I made it the daily poll on the show today, asking people how they're making new friends, and a lot of people have already responded in the comment section through other friends. But that doesn't really work if you're still trying to establish a baseline. What are some strategies, or, or do you want to brainstorm together? Because I have some ideas for you.
3: Well, I thought originally my first thing thought was to go to campus events. You know, campus has like lots going on. Um, like what, what can we kind of go to? And so far I've just kind of found that that's helpful for learning the services and they're still doing introductions or one of the events last week actually was sold out already. Um, so I, I've started like, you know, we have a couple of group projects in my program and getting to know those people, but how do you find like the right people
0: Yeah. How how big is your program? How many people are in the classes typically?
3: There's about, I think, 40 of us. So okay. not too big
0: okay I, You know so if I was gonna try to offer you some encouragement I think over the course of a couple of weeks those relationships are going to build that definitely happened with me in radio in my radio program at Algonquin over time within a few weeks a small program you're gonna develop that knitness. now mm-hmm. more broadly speaking I I, I I know that when I use this word people are gonna think of it the wrong way but the bumble app has sort of been thought of as a dating app <laughs> that's not it's in like that wasn't its initial inception it's actually a way to try and make friends have you thought about Mm -hmm. online friend making
3: oh my goodness i totally have not i mean i've tried to you know when i went to school in the pandemic like following other people who followed like the mohawk college account or like mohawk student wellness or any of those like college accounts i found people who were like in residence who were following them and like tried to start up you know i'm not saying i slid into people's dms but (laughs) trying to find people who have things in common like that um but again like even then connecting with somebody virtually and then having to like have the courage to go meet them
0: yeah it's emily believe me it's not easy and as you get older it actually it actually gets harder so try and enjoy this in your early 20s now not to not to be snarky not or be dismissive it. but no no I, I honest honest to gosh emily it's, it's probably been what two or three weeks since the school year started I, a yeah. little bit of patience here i think is going to make a difference for you For sure. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. The other side of this is uh, the, I guess I'd call this more of the orientation and mobility side of going to a new place. One of the activities you like to do, you've talked about this before is physical fitness. And that means going to the gym, which can actually be a great way to go, maybe make some new friends, but how is the gym experience treating you?
3: Well, it's, it's been both good and bad. I really like that. I've been able to get out into a new space and kind of work out, in some space other than my room and actually have space to do things but one of the challenges that i faced is again the orientation mobility the mobility side of things where i'm wandering around a gym and you know there's a bunch of different equipment and a lot of them have like sticking out of them and that maybe won't be cane detectable so there's this little bit of fear as I'm moving around the gym and I want to you know make friends or find somebody who can spot me on something or learn something new but there's so much information intake and trying to find my way around without potentially injuring myself has also proven to be a challenge and on in the note of making friends in the gym i've had one person approach me so far and i was so flustered in the moment that i i made nothing of the conversation oh no
0: oh no the opportunity came and you blew it no, no. i know <laughs> uh, emily what about a uh, staff at the gym have they been able to maybe offer you a little bit of guidance here maybe a little bit of o&m
3: So the difficulty with this is I did originally when I was at Mohawk ask for a tour I was like hey I'm visually impaired can I get a tour of the gym to get the outline Um, and the first thing I've noticed since then is that they've completely restructured it since the last time I was in there so could probably get another tour but when I asked for the tour um, because I'm visually impaired it was more of we walked around the general and they were like well here's like the weight section and here's like the bikes and here's the treadmills and that's fine except for the fact that when you're visually impaired that's not so much helpful as like I want to go up and touch everything I want to be like hey this is like where this machine is and this is how it's laid out and I didn't quite get close enough to things to actually understand the layout or where potential Mm. machines were that I wanted to use
0: you know, in, in uh, two segments ago, Milena Kazanavichus, one of the community reporters, was talking about sometimes the unfairness that goes along with having a disability, and she was talking about flying with a guide dog and using the Air Canada medical help desk, and it's sort of unreasonable or unfair or an undue burden, but the end result was quite positive. If I were to offer you one piece of advice, and I please don't... Be like, oh, here's the, here's old man Dave uh, mansplaining to Emily on how to live her life <laughs> as a fellow as a oh, fellow I'm blind person. <laughs> but I would say develop that CEO hour at the gym, the founder hour. You're the founder of True Faces, the co-founder <laughs> of True Faces. See if you can get in there real early one day. Like I don't know what time they open, say 6 a.m., 6:30 a.m just eliminate some of the noise and the buzz. And at that point, Mm -hmm. as someone who used to work at a university gym, oftentimes we are delighted to uh, have someone commiserate with (laughs) us at that hour. So there might actually be a little bit of opportunity in going at a non-peak hour. And then you also meet the real gym heads who are there at the time. So then you're gonna make some super friends. Who are there in the early,
3: those might just be my people. Uh,
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay, Emily, we focused a little bit here on some of the challenges here. What about the positives? What's feeling good here a couple weeks in
3: well i am feeling good about just the campus environment you know we we talk so much about school in the pandemic and not getting to do anything and I went to campus for the first time and I was like oh my god there's so many people here and just the environment that that brings has been really like rejuvenating and like getting the energy from other people uh, for what's going on has been really special um, but also even getting to do something like the hike I did last week with student life um, I, I went to the CCMA pre-shows last week for no particular reason at all um, other than just you know I was back in the area and kind of getting to just learn a new city all over again there's something special about that and just having the freedom of being out on your own
0: yeah you posted a couple videos on your social media of the canadian country music association awards it looked awesome
3: yeah. I mean, not to mention that I also enjoy the program that I'm in and the learning that I'm getting to do, but
0: that's just the side. <laughs> <laughs> Education, get out of here. Uh, <laughs> Emily, thank you for this. I'm sorry it's been a tough couple of weeks, but uh, I have a, I have a sneaking suspicion it's going gonna, it's gonna to work itself out here in the next couple of weeks by the next time you and I chat. Let's hope so. Okay. <laughs> Optimism. Optimism through and through. <laughs> That's Emily Shavers, the co-founder of True Faces. Coming up after the break, the connective tissue continues here. The conversation around change continues. Paula will share some suggestions on how to manage stress during times of change. This is Now with Dave Brown on AMI-tv. It's now with Dave Brown on AMI TV. You just heard from Emily Shavers that this time of year can come with some changes. Seeking out new educational opportunities, that may have been a change that you sought out, but some of the changes around that are thrust upon you. So, with the change comes some stress. How do you manage it? Anu Paula has some suggestions. Anu is the founder of Anu Vision Coaching and Consulting. Hey, good morning, Anu. Good
4: morning, Dave.
0: A new, I think uh, Emily just hit hit this right on the head in the last segment about some challenges in life when you're trying something new. But to your mind, what are some causes of stress?
4: Yeah, so listening to Emmy, Emily really took me back to the days when I was uh, at Vancouver Communities College starting out and so kind of brought it all back home and reminded me about the stresses that I experienced at that time. So some of the causes of um, stress can be you know just changes in life situations i mean we just came out of a pandemic that's a perfect example Um, moving homes or locations new job, family or relationships. So basically almost anything can stress us out yeah, depending per- <laughs> on
0: where we are in life. Like <laughs> well, even, even stability can stress you out. Oh, I'm too stable, right? I'm stressed. Uh, no, right. a An- new. I think there's some really important distinctions here, right? Because sometimes you'll hear people say, oh gosh, I'm so stressed. But there are some important distinctions here. What's the distinction between stress and distress? <laughs>
4: Well, stress often people associate it to negative reactions or negative negative experiences, but really stress can also be I do say positive, but it doesn't have to be negative either. So stress is, just can just be normal reactions to what we're experiencing in our life. Distress is when our body reacts negatively to those situations. So, for example, we may experience like physical reactions, you know, like anxiety or uh, headaches or, mm. you know, other, uh, even feeling overwhelmed. So you know, I think, and and distress may even be a bit more prolonged. Mm-hmm. Whereas, just say for example, you know, if we have a deadline, uh, and and it's like you know that the eleventh hour, we're trying to get it done. That will cause some level of stress, but it's it's short term, right? Like we we're in the moment, but we know we're going to get it done. But it just when it's really consuming us.
0: Yeah, the, the actual manifestation somewhere different right. beyond just the emotion. knew there's obviously a ton of scientific research on stress. We'd be here all day if we went through all the literature, but you found the idea of stages of stress to be interesting. So what are the stages?
4: Yeah, so there is a particular... um uh, thing out there that's called the fight or flight response to stress. Okay. So there are three stages of this. So the first stage is the alarm stage. And this stage is when our central nervous system is ramped up and it's setting up our body to recognize whether we're going to fight or flee. Uh, the second stage is the resistance stage. And in this stage, when the body you know tries to normalize and recover from that experience uh, from that you know that regular like that elevated flight fight or flight response and then the third stage is the exhaustion stage now this is this is a stage where you know if something keeps recurring over time our body just you know tends to absorb that experience or that stress and with time we just get really exhausted
0: Go a little bit deeper there. You talked about some of the manifestations before. How does the body respond to stress or distress in the longer term?
4: The body can respond to stress in so many different ways. It's just quite incredible. Like sometimes we don't recognize, you know, say for example, pain, you know, pain is often associated with stress and we don't realize it. So here are some examples like, you know, neck pain, back pain, headaches, sleepless nights. How many times have you experienced, you know, like insomnia for a period of time, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, lack of productivity or lack of focus? Um you know these are just like a few examples but i mean you know I, I i don't know how do you how do you like uh, experience uh, stress like what do you, what how do you react uh, to
0: stress so for me and you, a lot of it ends up uh, sucking the joy out of me, that I find it very difficult to manifest joy when I'm stressed. I don't take enjoyment in the little things, which is too bad because typically that's how people would say that's how you manage your stress, that's how you do some Mm self-care. But it really numbs me to the world around me when I'm feeling super stressed. What about you?
4: I think with me, I tend to go into my shell. So I am a cancer in the in the zodiac signs. And so we're known to retreat and uh, often, you know, crawl under a blanket. And it's not like a depression stage or anything like that, but it's more just like I just need to really s- stick to myself and, you know, reflect on kind of what's going on mm-hmm. or sometimes even zone out quite honestly yeah um, I'm okay with that
0: and and you can probably go into a cocoon for you know half a day or a weekend but that's not necessarily a long-term solution what are some of the effective techniques to manage stress
4: well there are lots of really great techniques that's the good news so Uh, physical activity. So, you know, going for a nature walk. I find walking near water, being near water is very, very soothing. I know my husband, Rajiv, that's his go-to. So often we'll go to the the beach nearby our house Mm. and we'll go for a walk. So that's a great, um, you know, option. Or if you feel like hiking or being in the wilderness or whatever, whatever that is for you. Yoga. And so, you know, an opportunity to stretch those muscles out. I feel that, you know, when we stretch, uh, exercise, it helps to shift the energy in our body. So that's a really, really great technique. If you don't do yoga, even just some general stretching can really help to move the energy. I do find that really helps too. Um, Meditation. So this is one that I'm working on currently right now. Um, I'm trying to learn how to meditate more. I mean, I know how to meditate. I know the concept of it, but it's putting it into practice. So what um, what I find that help works for me is guided meditation. And on YouTube or on the internet, there are so many wonderful um, options to experience the different types of guided meditations that are there. Just to sit in silence for me is really difficult because my mind is running like a mile a minute. So I don't find that very beneficial but I do enjoy the guided meditations so I would definitely um, definitely recommend checking some of those out there's tons of options um, talking to a friend. Yeah. Um, this is a really yeah. great one, right? When all sort is done, your friend will always be there to listen, to be a sounding board, and just to be there as a support. So that's this is a really, really great one. Um, I think in, in past episodes, we've talked about journaling. And so this is a really, really powerful one as well, like just to be able to write your thoughts down and uh, put it on paper, you know, or, or, you know, on a computer for me, uh, for sure, for us visually impaired people, um, just, just first documenting how you're feeling and it can be anything um there's a really great um exercise called morning pages it's from the book the artist's way and this is this concept is what you do is it first thing in the morning when you wake up before you really get into the into your day you take a moment and about 10-15 minutes and you just do a dump of like whatever is in your mind at that moment it could be anything it doesn't even have to make sense but you just doc- just write down like whatever it is on your mind and this just helps to get those thoughts out you know yeah. and and you know, it's really, really powerful, actually. I've tried it, and it's really, really great.
0: You know, knew um, it's interesting. A lot of what you're talking about is very reactive. You're reacting to the stress in your life. Every mm. now and then, it's also really valuable when you're doing that inward-looking practice to say wait, what are these trigger points of stress in my life? And listen, sometimes there's nothing you can do about them. There is literally Mm -hmm. nothing you can do. Your life is your life. Your job is your job. Your school is your school. Your relationships are your relationships. That's just the way Mm -hmm. it's going to be. But it is fair and reasonable to occasionally say, why is this stressing me out? And how could I potentially mitigate or limit how this stress is affecting me?
4: Absolutely did I'm really, brought, I'm really glad you brought that up because um, that is something to really think about and and you know what what are those trigger points because sometimes you know it's really interesting because we can experience um, stress in a certain way and it can be stemming from something that happened in our past. And so really reflecting on that and and thinking about like what can I do to change my reaction to that situation? Yeah. So, reflection goes a long ways.
0: Anu, <laughs> I, I you went through a long list there, and I know I could tell that a lot of them are applied to you, but what's your preferred coping mechanism? What's the thing you're going to do on the fly, real quick, when that stress finds you on a random Wednesday afternoon?
4: Yeah. <laughs> my my go to is reaching out to my girlfriends. They are my posse, they are my peeps, <laughs> yeah. and uh, they will always be there for me, and I'm as I am for them. And I find that sometimes just having that ability to have a sounding board um, and, and, you know, and sometimes, um, you know, I don't really want their advice. I just want them to listen to me. Yes. So having that ability to just have that person to, to talk to, <laughs> um, that is my go-to. Anytime.
0: I've read that's something that men really struggle with in relationships. People bring us our problems and we try to solve them rather than just listen. I don't know if that's too gendered or too stereotypical, but I believe there is some academic research around that yeah. one. Uh, I've
4: experienced that, actually, so I, I do second that. So. And we women, we just, I hear you. Like, talk to me.
0: My, my coping mechanism is not the healthiest, but a big bowl of mac and cheese can go a long way as well.
4: I I did want to say comfort food helps, too, but, you know. you got to be careful. (laughs) You do have to be careful with that suggestion. Uh, Chocolate always works, too, for me. So, you know, when desperate times call for desperate measures. So
0: Yeah, you can't be stressed with a bowl of mac and cheese every day. But every now and then, that mac and cheese can uh, find its way.
4: Absolutely.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Anu, always a blast catching up with you. I know we started serious. We ended fun. That's the way I like to do it. Have a great day. Talk to you in a couple weeks.
4: Thank you so much, Dave. Have a great day.
0: <laughs> That's Anupala, founder of A New Vision Coaching and Consulting. Coming up after the break, Ramya Amuthan will tell you what's coming up on today's episode of Kelly and Ramya. And Megan Gilmore has an awesome question all about the relationship between you and the places that make you food, especially when it comes to local stuff like milk delivery. Oh, <laughs> boy. This is Now with Dave Brown on AMI TV. Welcome back. It's Now with Dave Brown on AMI TV. The next episode of Kelly and Rumya is coming your way at 2 p.m. Eastern time on AMI. Rumya Amwathan is the co-host of that show and can offer up a little bit of a preview of what's coming up today. Good morning, Rumya.
5: Morning, Dave. We have our headline segment with Grant Hardy, and he's talking about, well, one of the things he'll talk about is a new study about PTSD, so post-traumatic stress disorder. Um, There are some unconventional drug therapy options that are out there now, and Grant Hardy's going to tell us more about it. Also, on our TV talk with Greg David, we're uh, highlighting podcasts, hosted by the stars of tv shows about those tv shows so you might know for example the (laughs) office ladies
4: yes
5: (laughs) which is a really fun podcast so that and other examples will come up uh and we have traveling with jj hunt where he describes incredible locations that he's visited in the past and we get to you know how those places felt the people watching one of his favorite things to do and he's going to talk about one of the family trips he took in early 2020 right before pandemic hit, and that was to uh, Bangkok.
0: There are a stunning number of podcasts about TV shows by members of the television show. The it's Always Sunny in Philadelphia podcast, mm. all about their show, which is super, super fun. There's a podcast about Boy Meets World called Boy Meets Pod, which is—or <laughs> no, Pod Meets World, whatever it is. Who cares? It's it's the Boy Meets World people. <laughs> and uh, the Wizards yeah. of Waverly Place people also have a podcast, but Selena Gomez, not part of it, not part of it. Selena oh. Gomez wants is no part a of it. Hmm. Well, I guess She's see, very busy right yeah, now with Exactly. She's this Paul Simon to the Art Garfunkel that is the Wizards of Waverly Place podcast. Rumya, stay right there because Megan Gilmore has a fantastic roundtable conversation for you today. Megan, it's all about milk.
1: Yeah, it is. So there's a farm in Hamilton, Ontario that is planning to start milk deliveries to like homes, or I guess we could argue like restarting milk delivery. Mm-hmm. So... Beginning on Thanksgiving weekend, Summit Station Dairy and Creamery will be delivering whole milk, chocolate milk, and cheese curds. To a different neighborhood each day in the Dundas and Flamborough area, the hope is to expand more as this grows. And this decision, according to a CBC article I read about it, was really inspired by the fact that more people are moving from the city to rural areas like Dundas, Flamborough, uh, just outside of Hamilton. And the farm wants to encourage more interactions between the farm and these former city dwellers who may not like be used to living to mm-hmm. where there's mm-hmm. more farms. So of course, I just think this is a super fun story um, and it raises a lot of questions about how we interact with food and with farms. And then also just like, what are some things from the past that we would like to see return?
0: Okay, I love this. There's a lot we can squeeze from this topic. It is not utterly ridiculous. I wanna start here, Nizreen. What would you order if there was milk delivery for you and the family in Guelph?
6: Ooh, um, I would, I would get chocolate milk for sure.
0: Yeah. Okay. I like that one. Yeah. No, you don't want their cheese.
6: Cheese curds. Oh my God. The cheese curds, man. I We love cheese, all types of cheese. <laughs> we got it in the fridge. We get everything um, when it comes to cheese, but also I, when I was in middle school or not middle school or uh, elementary school, that's, that's the word elementary school. We used to have those bags of chocolate milk, not the, not the glass, uh, not the cartons, no actual bags. And they were mini and you would just poke the straw oh. inside sideways and you would drink it just like that while you're holding the bag. It was the best chocolate milk Ever, and that's why the first thing that I thought of was I want chocolate milk delivered.
0: Um, Ramiya, I am a lover of milk. I probably drink about four liters a week, give or take. Sometimes a little bit more, depending on how much uh, chocolate I'm eating, because I can be a little bit of a monster here and there. Mm. Uh, If there was a farm delivering milk to my apartment, your boy would be loading up. I'd be getting me the gallon jug. Heard about whole milk? Like, can we get me some one percent here, if if possible? Mm, Probably, probably pass on the chocolate milk, but I would also get some of that fresh cheese. I love the idea of getting fresh milk brought to my door what about you
5: 100 and then maybe we can add like eggs to it and make it like a whole situation oh, where yeah we just, you know what i mean like this whole delivery thing I, I, megan i think you said the word nostalgic it's not nostalgic for me but the way like when i used to um go to sri lanka for traveling the the way that my parents would talk about milk delivery specifically i'm not sure what it is but in in certain parts of the world it's just so um warming like it's so neighborly mm-hmm. it's, it's the way that the ice cream cart used to come by when you're at the beaches I'm not sure what it is I'm 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 trying to find like that feeling that nostalgic feeling uh, to describe but I think it would be great to have milk and eggs at least those two dairy staples delivered to your house I would definitely stock up on the cheese as well Dave I don't know if it's really <clears throat> Part of the spirit to ask for one percent skim milk in this. P- <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, I, I get it, I get it, I get it. You got to get this fresh on the farm. You drink your whole. You got to get the whole. Milk. Yeah, you get your calories where you get them, and you shut your mouth and you drink it. That's just how you live, uh, <laughs> Megan. I am very into this idea, and I like rumia's idea of adding some eggs to the mix. I'm not oh, yeah. so young that I don't remember getting milk deliveries as a child. Like I grew up in the city, in the city of Montreal, in the city core, and we used to get milk delivery. I want to say till I was like ten or twelve or thirteen years old, like well into the 1990s. So for me, I don't find this concept foreign at all.
1: That's so great. Uh, I've had like, my grandparents would talk about it or, or older teachers, but I've never experienced milk delivery except for the milk program at school where you would get, you know, like, like, as we were talking about, you get your bag with, yeah, with or chocolate milk. Um, so I would definitely participate in this. I am a typically I'm a 1% partly skimmed. Milk yeah. girl, so I, yeah. So I would have to give, um, I, I'd, I'd give whole milk a try to support the local farmer. And then, um, It's because of how much chocolate milk or cheese curds I may consume or think I'll be able to consume that I think I would have to actually be more disciplined. Like, so maybe like cheese curds (laughs) would be like a weekend thing you know or something yeah because I I, I have to set boundaries I also
0: (laughs) have to have cheese boundaries in my life I'm kind of like a dog I will eat everything that's in front of me and then I will feel terrible for days afterwards okay Americans oftentimes make fun of Canadians for the way that we drink milk because of the fact that we have milk bags not common in the United States we of course have the carton as well and the Americans like to use the big gallon jug or the big plastic jug Green, what's the best milk delivery system? Is it the carton, the bag, or the jug? Uh,
6: the bags, of course. I, I am whoa, all with whoa. the bags. But I I want to bring up what Remy said. I remember like when I grew up, we didn't get milk deliveries. Um, but the way that my parents bring it up and they got, they were telling me that they get, like, the glass bottle milk bottle. deliveries. That's how um... it was. It just sounds so um like you said remy it was it was just warming to hear and it was it just sounds satisfying to just drink it from the glass bottle itself okay. i feel like glass okay. just yep. makes it really it was a vibe I,
0: I think i think that's maybe even a different conversation about how glass should absolutely be brought back more into like our mm-hmm. consumption of food yep. so let's add that to the mix of the four options the glass jug the plastic jug the bag or the carton Remya, what's your pick yep.
5: Glass 100% because that's what I mean, right? You start to build relationships. Like here in Toronto, we don't even know our mail people, like our mail delivery people. Well, I do. He almost uh, hit me with his truck
0: the other day. I gave him the finger
5: brutal um, not at all where i was going um but uh, um, my parents would talk about like the the milk delivery as a f- very friendly part of their day a very interactive neighborly thing and the glass bottles are returning of the exchanging is kind of what keeps you in touch so i would go and i just loved hearing the clinking of the glass honestly that's what really what it
0: is yeah I'm, I'm not ready here to endorse Melco to the glass bottle megan because i've never done it so because i've never done it i don't want to endorse it i'm a simple man i like me the carton but i don't like the one where you have to open the spout yourself by like twisting yes. it and bending it and tearing it i like the little thing oh. with the little knobby and you twist the knobby open and you pull the mm-hmm. plastic thing off and then you keep resealing it as you go back and forth. Not that it matters because I'm drinking the four liters a week, but I wouldn't object to selling milk in the gallon plastic jugs like the Americans do. But where do you land, Megan?
1: Yeah, so like you, I have not had milk from a glass bottle, at least I don't believe I have. So I don't want to endorse it, but I would endorse it just because glass is better to recycle. <laughs> yes, like there's all these, yes. like, it's just better. Um, Like you, I do carton and I will pay extra money so that there is a twist top. Like I don't care because if I can't open it, like it's just not helpful. Um, so yeah, either carton or the gallon jug thing for me. Uh bags, I think, work if you have multiple people who live in the house. Yeah. Um, I live alone, so I don't have to do it right now. This is just my friendly reminder though, that if you're if you are a big family or a big living situation and the bag is empty. You know, it's just really helpful for the people who come after you who need milk, if you like refill the milk pitcher with a new bag.
0: Okay, I wanna, we have less than a minute left. I wanna finish this with Nazreen, because Nazreen is the bag advocate of the group. Nazreen, do you pour the bag into another pitcher, or do you just slide the bag in and cut the little thing on the corner? You've got less than 30 seconds to answer this
6: slide the bag in and i never cut the hole right it's always either too small or too big <laughs> <It's
0: Done>. so <laughs> true it's so true you can never get the physics correct on these things uh megan Thank you for bringing this topic. I adore it. That's Megan Gilmore, and Abdelmajid, Abdelmajid and Ramya Amuthin. That's all the time there is for the show today. Don't worry. We're all coming back tomorrow, 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-TV. Until then, I'm Dave Brown reminding you to play safe, play fair, but don't forget to have some fun.